Hello and welcome to the second episode of the Bachelor Community Services podcast or the BCS podcast. I'm Beth Evans, the course coordinator for the TAFE New South Wales Higher Education Bachelor of Community Services, a fully online degree delivered by TAFE Digital. This podcast is for students, teachers and anyone interested in the community services sector. Our first podcast, we discussed the Uluru Statement with one of our teachers, Andrew Hewitt, and this week we are looking at an international aid program with our teacher, Mark Morris. Uh, Mark delivers um, our Year 3 subject, Community Development Work and International Aid, and currently lives with his wife and two kids in Thailand while working in international aid programs. Mark works for Family Planning Australia, in partnership with the United Nations Family Planning Association on a program called Family Life Education in Samoa and Kiribati. So welcome, Mark, to the podcast. Oh, hi, Beth. Yeah, thanks. Thanks very much. Good to be here. Pleasure. <laughs> here we are talking <laughs> to each other at a great distance, but there's the wonder of technology for us. <laughs> yes, no, it's, I'm hearing you loud and clear. So, um, Perfect. Uh, yeah, no, easy, easy to do. I'm used to it. Don't worry. <laughs> Can I start, uh, Mark, by asking you just to tell us a little bit about the part of the world where you live in? Yes, well, I'm I'm currently on the border of Myanmar and Thailand, mm-hmm. um, where I've been for seven years uh, working. Well, I've been working in ASEAN for the last seven years, um, and mostly with Australian Volunteers International, and I've been focused in the disability sector, particularly social inclusion. And, um, yeah, I've finished that work now, but I'm still in that part of the world. And um, I've gone back to my roots a bit now, and I'm working now uh, back to back in sexuality um, and re- reproductive health, sexual reproductive health, sorry. And uh, I'm working mostly in the Pacific. Yeah. Well, I have to say, when you, you told me that you were, you were working with, with um, Samoa and Kiribati, I had to, I have to confess, I had to look it up. I had to Google it and see. Yes. I knew that they were out there somewhere in the Pacific, and um, I thought I better, I better have an understanding where they are out there. And that's when I learnt my, learnt my first thing that Kiribati is actually spelt. You would pronounce Kiribati, isn't it? K I R I B A T I, but it's pronounced Kiribati. Is that correct? Yes, that's right. Yeah, I learned that pretty fast. One of my colleagues um, corrected me politely, I must say, and said, no, it's, it's Kiribati. I know it doesn't look like it, but it is Kiribati. Yeah, that's why I had trouble finding it, but I, I found it. So you mentioned Good. that you've been working already um, over there for seven years, working in predominantly um, um, a disability uh, programs for international aid. What are, what else have you done um, that's kind of brought you to where, what the work you're doing now? Yeah, well, I I um had to think back a bit, but but yeah, it might be a little bit uh, timely to say, but yeah, I I did a Bachelor of Arts way back when in in oh. um, behavioural science, and that and I I finished that right right about 1989 or 1990, and this was the time that the HIV epidemic really started was a worldwide phenomena and including mm-hmm. Australia and as a young person I went into HIV education in with uh, an area health service northern Sydney and I ended up spending 15 years in in that particular realm working in different um, hospitals based in different hospitals and 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 mostly in the needle syringe program so working with very disadvantaged marginalized people 
well, i.e. people who inject drugs and who were very vulnerable to HIV and other bloodborne viruses. So I had this long history as a, I guess, as a health, um, well, health education officer, a public servant in the health department. Mm. But then I moved on to the NGO sector where I, non-government sector, where I've been ever since. And like I mentioned back in the intro there, I, I went into a uh, like, sort of related field, but I went into sexual and reproductive health and started working with family planning mostly in health promotion and education and training. And, um, yeah, and 20 years after I finished my study, I went back and did a Master's of International Public Health. And I finished that in 2010. And the reason was to really, I wanted to work overseas. And mm -hmm. I, I did it for that reason. And that's when I, I, I did go overseas with AVI, the Australian Volunteer International Program. And, and that's how it's all, that's it in a nutshell, <laughs> my career. And so now you're working in this new program, um, Family Life Education in Tamara and Kiribati, said. So tell us a little bit about that program. Yeah, so I, I think the f important thing to mention first is um, specifically what I'm, I'm working on, which is called, uh, it's referred to as Comprehensive Sexuality Education, or sometimes short CSE comprehensive sexuality education which is which is what we do in new south wales schools and in australian schools in the pacific they call it family life education but it's pretty much the same thing and and it's really all about um addressing sexual sex education via a human rights approach mm -hmm. and it has a really strong focus on gender and it's very much focused on accurate information, including best practice guidelines. And it's, of course, it's about education. It's, it's really um, also embedded in creating safe and healthy learning environments. And, and then I guess another key point I'd say that really links to um, sexual reproductive services in the community, because we want young people not only to learn, but then to be able to access services and information if they need it. So, yeah, this is this is the focus for me in the Pacific. Mm. And, and why have the, why is uh, why or why is family looking at that in these areas? Is something what's going on there? What are you responding to? Are there current issues uh, in those areas that you're responding to in the program? Yeah, like you mentioned, I'm I'm currently being a bit active in in the Kiribati and uh, and in Samoa and they're both a little bit different reasons but it's similar in the sense that the funding body which is UNFPA um, they it, you know they've clearly identified that there's a gap uh, with family life education in the Pacific and uh, so this is a, a clearly identified through some situational analysis that was done uh, in in some of the countries there, so that's how we we know that that gap is there, and we yeah. So and the the reason why they, I guess they've sort of picked family planning, Australia is that they they already had a presence in the um, in the Pacific, they already uh, were doing some clinical work around cervical cancer and prevention of cervical cancer and and contra contraception training with local nurses 
So mm-hmm. this was sort of the next step to to go into some non-clinical work, which is family life education. And, um, yeah, I think UNFPA see Family Planning Australia as a, a specialist in the region and mm. they already have some networks and relatively physically, you know, ex- they can access the, the Pacific countries. Right, yeah. So, so yeah. tell us a bit, a bit more specifically what you're doing. What are you doing in Samoa? All right, well... Yeah, in um, in Samoa, I'm most both countries. We're reviewing curriculum, like if there is curriculum for the family life education, we're, we're reviewing that. Uh, and in in Samoa, probably with the access remoteness and the access uh, difficulties with the internet, and as well as with COVID nineteen, we sort of followed their lead and they really they really wanted to do some tv shows half hour 10 hour lessons on family life education with a with a health and pe teacher so at the moment we're we're helping them draft some lesson plans and you know locate resources like the technical input mm-hmm. to um for the lesson plans for those tv shows right and then, and what about kiribati doing something a bit different there what are you doing there yeah, Kiribati, again, we sort of follow the lead of the Ministry of Education or or what they want to, what their priorities are. And in Kiribati, it's more focused on reviewing the syllabus and reviewing teacher guides. They, they actually have teacher guides as well. So, yeah, we're helping to do that. And, um, and the next plan is to do some teacher training. So, uh, yeah, also with the advent of COVID, that's been a little bit difficult but um yeah so we are planning though to do some online teacher training around best practice of of family life education and hopefully next year we'll we'll be in country and do some face-to-face training with um key you know key teachers and curriculum officers of uh, family life education in Kiribati right so so hopefully all things being equal you'll be traveling to these countries next year and and um working there face-to-face yeah, we hope so. We we certainly hope so. Uh, but yeah, probably yeah. But for the moment, we have to be innovative and creative, and we have to work um, virtually. Really, yeah. So we're going to try with our with part one of training with teachers. We're going to try and do it online, which yeah. we're currently developing. Yeah. So apart from the challenges that that brings about, what other barriers or challenges have you found um, working in um, an international aid program like this? What are some of the things that come up for you? Well, I think the, you know, the remoteness and the travel. So it's still, this current uh, work, it's still like more fly in and fly out. Mm-hmm. Where when I was working with AVI, I was in country, I was in the communities, and I was in in for the long a long haul. So this one is sort of more of that fly in and out, which is it makes it a little bit challenging. Um, I think one of the more specifically about the family life curriculum is most of the well, almost all of the countries in the Pacific, the curriculum's embedded in like carrier subjects, so it might you'll find a bit of family life education curriculum in, in the health and physical ed um, syllabus or you'll find a little bit in moral education or you'll find a little bit in social science. So this is a real challenge. It's not a standalone, right. um, yeah, syllabus. 
And I think I mentioned before, just the lack of teacher training and in pre and in pre-service and in service, it just and the resources there. And I guess finally the you know the key issues and priorities in the Pacific. Like for example, there is re recent statistics that you know sixty percent of women in relationships, women who are fifteen to forty-nine years old. Um, 60% of those women have experienced um, gender-based violence, which is very high rates, uh, not mm. only in the Pacific but in the world. And there's also still high rates of unintended, unintended pregnancies, mm. um, especially in teenagers. And one of the other challenges for countries like Kiribati, for example, they're very widely spread across many islands. And one of the big challenges that we see there is that only about 50% of young people are actually in school. Mm. So this is a real challenge. We can, out, we can do the te support the teachers to deliver, to do, deliver FLE in the schools, but what about the other 50% that aren't in school? Aren't going to school. <laughs> so, so these are some challenges that we've, we face, yeah. And do you find any, any uh, difficulties in terms of the differences in cultures? Yes, well. And yeah, what you're experiencing out there, yeah. Yes, well, we, well, there's always um, what we've found, you know, maybe because FLE, the reason why they call it comprehensive is it starts, it should start, you know, before young people be, start puberty. So it might, should start in, you know, grade five or four, five and six. And yeah, one of the challenges is that in some of the schools or many of the primary schools, they're, they're using local language. And it's not till they get to high school that they start to use um, English. Right. Yeah, so that's a, that's a bit of a challenge. And, um, but I'm sure the teachers are used to that. But, yeah, we, we have to take those sort of uh, into account. And, and there's, you know, there's, a, there's some um, strong spirituality in the islands and in the different Pacific nations. And, and they have a, a, a different types of... Um, Christianity, for example, that they follow. So there's differences amongst. Um, so we have to be very aware of local values and beliefs related not only to maybe uh, spiritual beliefs, but uh, also just uh, cultural belie beliefs around gender and, um, uh, yeah, and sexuality. So, yeah, always interesting, never boring. <laughs> yeah, plenty to keep you busy. <laughs> yes, yes. So in terms of looking at it from um, some of our students who might be thinking of this is something they're interested in, what, what kind of skills and experience did you, do you bring to this role? What are the sorts of things that, you know, in terms of them, what could they be looking at uh, their career in this kind of area? Yeah, well, I think um, I touched on it a bit before, but, you know, I have a long work history now of working in health education and in government and non-government and and it has a focus on uh, marginalized or disadvantaged groups in the community and and a technical focus on I guess HIV AIDS uh, bloodborne viruses and sexuality and re reproductive health so I I feel like I've got that technical skill and I've now been able to combine that with community development theory mm. and practice. So I've been able to, to do that via my 
seven years with AVI in the field. Yeah. And then with my theory, with the teaching in the, um, the Bachelor of Community Services. So, yeah, this is a, a coming together, a bit of a synergy for, for me, yeah. And, and if any of our students, you know, are really quite interested in, in these types of programs or what's happening out there, are there any kind of websites or social media or anything like that they could actually uh, um, link up with to find out more? Yeah, well, I think for sure, well, hopefully people... Students might know that, you know, within the Bachelor of Community Services, we have a specific subject which is directs community develop, which is addressing community development and international aid work, which I think is pretty rare. So that, that's, a, that's, a, that's something to know about. And I, I would, I guess the first point of call I would say is looking at the United Nations websites and there's a lot of information on, on development and different data, country development indicators and I'd be, tick, be particularly uh, recommend that people look at the, the sustainable development goals or the SDGs. I think they're really important um, uh, international sort of guides and yeah they run through to 2030 so they're going to be very relevant in this field for quite a long time. Mm -hmm. More locally in Australia I think having a look at the Australian Volunteer International website, which is the organisation I was with, that could be great. Um, also, there's the Australian Council of International Development website. I think that would be a good one. And and then the the Department of Foreign Affairs and Trade, this is the, the ministry that's in charge of our foreign aid program. So they also have a bit, quite a bit of information on their website, which is... Uh, DFAT or the Department of Foreign Affairs and Trade. So that could be some some places to have a look for further info. That's great. Well, thank you so much, Mark, for all that. It's just so such fascinating work. And I think for a lot of us who are, you know, are based in, in Australia, work at quite a different uh, uh, worldview the work you're doing there. So it's really, a, I think, to many of us. Um, is there anything else that you wanted to uh, mention here? Or oh, no, I think that's great. I thank you for having me. And, um, yeah, if anybody has any questions, they can just email you, Beth, and then let me know if there's anything, if anyone would like to follow up. Yep. I'd be happy to. That would be great. Thank you so much, Mark. <laughs> no worries. We'll catch you all soon. Bye. Okay. Bye-bye, Beth. Bye-bye, everyone.